and verse 27. The Bible says, And the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter. Very smart. A man of the field. And Jacob was a plain man dwelling in the tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison. And Rebekah loved Jacob. And Jacob sought pottage, we call soup today. And Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage. For I am faint, therefore was name called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he swore unto him. And he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils. And he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Lord, bless this service one more time. In Jesus' name, we ask your blessing. In Jesus' name. May we see it. I'm going to title this, The Stock Market of Esau. And what's so interesting to know here about Esau, Esau knows how to make soup. Because he does it and his father loved it. So he can sure do a good cooking if he wants to. Amen. But what is a birthright? A birthright simply means the right to the birth. Now, we don't talk that way today. We don't talk about that today, about birthright. But the firstborn in the family, especially if he's a boy, he has right of in total heritage and inheritance. The rest may get a gift, but all that daddy has all that he accumulates, all that he worked for, all that he represents as his own or a legacy or inheritance, it belonged to the firstborn. In Israel, that is very, very important. Very, very followed. Amen to the letter. Now, in our Bible days, those things are practiced. Firstborn, everything goes to him. And the rest got the leftovers. So you got sibling rivalry. And you don't want to be the middle child or the second child. If you're the last child, you might get a lot of uh, favoritism too. Because Jacob loved Benjamin because he was the son of his old age. The last son. But Reuben was the firstborn. And I noticed in the Bible, all the firstborn in a bit trouble. Because Cain was the firstborn. And the Bible said, God told Cain, all that your father has, all that I gave your dad, all this world, it's yours. 
And you're going to reign over your brother, Abel. It's all yours. But the man of snow that came lost it. Seth got it. Because Cain didn't understand its position and its place in the lineup of the lineage. And then the Bible goes on and tells about the 12 sons of Jacob. And Reuben was the, the symbol of his strength, the firstborn that he had. And everything that Jacob owned belonged to Reuben. But it's a sad commentary when he sort of blessed his sons. He said, Reuben, you're my firstborn, but you're unstable as water. You will not excel, and the firstborn will not get the birthright. But it actually went to Joseph. Joseph became the inheritor of the firstborn rights. Read your Bible. It's true. God gave it to him. And so that's another mishap right there. And the list goes on where these things happen. Now, a birthright is very, very important. In fact, there's a story told about Josephat when he was going to die. He gave his other sons gifts and presents, but he gave the kingdom to the firstborn. He gave the kingdom to the firstborn and gave the rest gifts. Abraham did the same thing. Now, you say, who's the firstborn for Abraham? Well, Theoretically, it's actually Ishmael. But God said, Ishmael is not my son. I didn't ask you to give birth to Ishmael. I told you Sarah would bring for your firstborn. And you went to Hagar. And Abraham had to follow God's leading. And when the time came for Abraham to give all his goods, he's going to die, to all his sons, the Bible says he called Keturah, sons, and he called Hagar's son, and gave them gifts, and sent them far away. But he gave the birthright to Isaac. Isaac, on his way out, could not keep it, had to give it to his firstborn. That should have been who? Esau. The rights of firstborn belong to Esau. It is. In fact, he had it. Jacob is just the second son, and, ja and, 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 and Isaac's second son is Jacob, and Jacob realized, you're not going to get it. Now, he wanted it. And what's so strange is, those who have it don't want it. And those who don't have it, they want it. Now, that is amazing. But well, that's the way life still is. Amen. There are children in rich family who despise their parents being rich and giving them everything. And there are those with parents who are poor as a church mouse and wish their parents had all the legacies to give them and couldn't give them and despise their parents. Amen. And it would be nice if they could just cross roads. Amen. Amen. I'm told that Buddha came from a rich family and gave up the riches and became very poor. So people worship him for his poverty and what he's done. Now, and so the birthright is very important. It's something you don't tamper with. In fact, 
when the Moabitess girl was to be married to Boaz, Boaz could not marry her without the right of inheritance transferred, amen, properly. And they called the rightful heir and said, it's your right by your birth to have this girl, and I can't have her even though I want her, but I can't have her because the birthright says, I just can't have her. You have the right. He says, fine, but what else involved? Well, for him to have her, it means it would impact his immediate birthright. Outside of that birthright. So this guy has a double blessing in his life. He said, I can't marry her because I don't want to upset my immediate inheritance. And they had to go through a ritual to disconnect him from the birthrights that he had to Ruth. That Boaz could seize the opportunity and take her on and make her his bride. Otherwise, he could not marry her. Because this guy could veto in and said, no, you can't do it. That's mine. But he said, I won't do this. He says, I will not go for Ruth. And mar my inheritance. I do not want to violate what is rightfully mine. Because I respect the birthright filtering down in my hand. That's just another inheritance I have. But I will mess this one up. So I will not. In other words, he is appropriating and appraising and evaluating what he has. And said, so what I don't have is no pressure on me. To give up what I have to get what I don't have. He said, you can have it. <laughs> and so they had an oath with all the elders of what he did. And he transferred over to Boaz. And that's how Boaz married Ruth. Now, that's not the first time this happened. A man called Ahab, he came to a guy called Nabal and says, Nabal, guess what? I want to pay you a visit. I'm the king. I want to make a trade with you. I want to trade with you what you have for what I have. After all, I'm the king. And I'm going to give you a birthright gift, a vineyard, better than the one you have. Now, church, how naive can he expect the guy to be? If it is so good that what you have is better than mine, why on earth do you want to trade it? On the stock market. Come on now. He's, he's underestimating the intelligence. He mean of Nabal. And Nabal said, absolutely not. I will not trade my birthright for what you... But look, I'm giving you something better. Way better. Come on, make the trade. And I'm only doing this because it's close to my house. Well, it's not because yours is better. But I'm going to, he said, no, I will not do it. And he, he chose to die than to sell his birthright. He was committed to that which was entrusted to him. That I will not sell my inheritance. I'm going to hold to it. I don't care if it's even the king wants it. I don't care what you have is better than what I have. I'm content with what handed down to me. Now, 
Church, Esau become a model for us to learn from today. Paul wrote about Esau and said, Esau, when he would have received the blessing of the inheritance, he was rejected. We read in Malachi chapter 1 and the first two verses, God said, I love you, Jacob. And he said, where have I loved you? He said, wasn't Esau your brother? And I said, I love Jacob, but Esau, I hate. God says, I hate him. Now today, I went to the restaurant with my good wife, and we went to a little lunch, and we wanted soup. There are two, two different levels of soup. One is a bowl, and one is a cup. And so one of the bowl, one of the cup. And I'm thinking now, the birthright, in comparison to a bowl of soup with a circumference not very large and a depth not very deep, are you with me, with about 15 scoops of spoon in it, hello, a little smell spicy to it, hello, and uh, after you finish that, is that what your birthright is worth? Is that how you see it? I want to talk to you about Esau. Esau had a problem. I'm going to list some things that Esau made a mistake with. And if we're not careful, we can make the same mistake as Esau. And I believe we can say tonight, what would it profit Brother Neil if he trade his birthright for the world? Cup of soup. What would I give in exchange for the Holy Ghost that's in me because I belong to the church of the firstborn? And if I belong to the church of the firstborn, then I have rights and inheritance passed on to me. And the thing is, buy it, but don't sell it. Now, let's talk about Esau. Esau had a problem that's common among us. We live only for the moment. We live for now. We never think about the future. I talked to a man who long since is dead, and I don't want to talk by his name, but he couldn't see any, any value in buying an insurance policy in case he had become deceased for his family. This guy said, well, the Lord is coming, so we can't bother about doing those things. And both men adopted a principle of lifestyle. They lived for now, but they had no future. The Bible says a, a good man leave an inheritance for his offspring. Amen. And so let's look at the life of Esau and the crisis in his now lifestyle. You know, he lived for just the moment. Now, Esau, number one, did not appreciate what he had. Think about it. He had it, but didn't appreciate it. And so, he didn't see it 
any problem in selling it out cheap. While he's ready to get rid of it, Jacob is drooling to get it. Jacob is longing to trade places with them. Jacob saw the value and realized it may not look like much now, but the future value is going to be great. And so he didn't appreciate what he had. I'll never forget a little car given to me, and my wife called the name. I never called it. She called it a Maytag machine. It came from England. I still remember what she called it. My, my first car, a Maytag machine. It wasn't a Ferrari. It wasn't a, a Corvette and one of those beautiful cars. But I want to tell you, I appreciate it because I remember when I used to be on footmobile. Now, I went from footmobile to automobile. And you may have your Corvette and your fancy-looking car, but to me, that car was special. I appreciated that somebody gave it to me. Amen. I was glad that they handed me the keys and the insurance. And when I was taking my wife up to St. Albert to meet my sister, amen, we saw a guy in a fancy car. You remember that car? He zipped past me at a speed my car could not pick up in momentum. He zipped past me, and I just keep going on, appreciate my little jalopy car. And finally, I heard crying. And that guy was wrapped around the pole, so I kid you not. And split his car in two pieces right before my eyes. I thought, that's not my car. That's not my car. Now, I don't expect my wife to appreciate the way I appreciate my car. Because she didn't have to wait as long as I did. She didn't have to go through the long snow experience I had from home to church in the snow, waiting on the bus. And so the experience I went through made me appreciate the car when I got it. I didn't care if it was rusty, lacking paint. Amen. I didn't care what it lacked. I was thankful. I was appreciative of it. I was proud of it. The rust didn't bother me. The age of the car didn't bother me. You see, Esau did not appreciate what was given to him. Number two, Esau did not value what he had. Didn't value it. I've seen kids with too many toys till they hate it. I've seen kids grab toys and throw it and toss it. And if you put that on the market in the street, it would gone in a second. But other kids that don't know what a toy is. In fact, in my days of toys, I can't, they were asking me this morning to have a teddy bear in my, my day. My mom didn't give me a teddy bear anything to play with, except a good slop if I need one. <laughs> That's all she gave me. <laughs> I can remember a good slap. Go sit down, boy. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. I can't remember even getting a soother. The only soother I know is his finger. That's one of the soother I knew in my, in my baby days. My fingers, my ten fingers, pick one. That's your soother, friend. It's natural. Amen. But he didn't value it, so he's ready to abuse 
what he didn't value. What you don't value, you will abuse. When you have something and don't know the purpose for it and the mystery and the energy behind it, you will not appreciate it and you won't value it. So he abused it. And the next thing he did was he didn't, amen, appropriate it. He didn't see it as something to give thanks for. Now, let me ask you. Let's have a vote right here in your mind. How many of you believe that Esau would really have dropped dead from heart attack because he didn't get a bowl of soup? Do you think he was starving like in Biafra? You think he was so skinny, it was all bones and <laughs> amen and ribs? I don't believe that. But what I'm trying to say, easy come, easy go. So he didn't appreciate it, what he had, so he sold out cheap. He didn't value it, couldn't see it as something worth keeping as a priceless possession. You know why? It was just handed to him. And so Esau didn't value it. It was easy to abuse it, and he didn't appropriate what he got. Namely, never gave thanks. Think about it. I've seen kids with abundance of toys and watched them throw it against the wall, ignore it, and even be sick of it. They got too many handed down to them. Next thing is, he had no respect for what was coming to him. This wonderful birthright, he said, what profit is it? In other words, he don't see no value to what he has. Because all he wants right now is the self-gratification of his human taste. Give me now what I want. Birthright is down the road. I don't have time. And by the way, I could die from now, between now and then. It won't value me any good. So, look, man, give me that soup for that birthright. I'll give it to you. And the Bible says he had no respect for it. He disrespected it. He despised it. Next thing he was, he was unthankful. He was born in a place of position. In other words, he was entitled to it by birth, but not by credentials. It was handed to him, and so he, he said, look, I got all this given to me. I don't know how daddy got it. I don't know what work he did for it. I don't know how many trenches he dug to earn this thing, how many wells he had to dig, how many cattle he sold or breed to get all this. But one thing, it fell in my lap. And easy come, easy go. Amen. I remember one time I had a, a situation, and I gave it to a person who was in need, and when they receive it, they, they, they scoff at it. Even though it was better than what they had, because they had nothing. And this thing filled a gap of need. And so they abused it and abused it. So one day, I, it just grieved my heart. I took it back from them and gave somebody else. That other person began to paint it up, polish it up, and make it look so beautiful. And I thought, what a difference in appreciation. Esau lacked appreciation. And Jacob is drooling. If only I could get in his seat. 
If only I could get the opportunity he has. If only I could be in that position that he's in. And he doesn't want it. He doesn't appreciate it. He doesn't care for it. And you see, Jacob had a passion for what Esau had. And Esau, in a nuncelon, approached to it. What an amazing situation. My friend and I discuss how glad we are we born in a nation that does not dictate how we should worship. How thankful we are we can go to church without government putting guns on us. And yet in a country like this, many people will not appreciate that. But I tell you, friend, somebody who leave a situation where, you know, the guns never stop being fired at them, come to this place, they, they thrive, they survive, they make it to the top because they saw the opportunity that the national don't see. And so that's Esau. Esau was not thankful that he got the birthright handed down to him without any effort. Nor did he have a passion for what he had. And finally, he didn't have to work for what he had. Hello. It was just given to him because he's born. Like Prince Charles or Prince Charles' son, there are things they don't have to do that you have to do. It was just handed to them. The crown will put on his head. The throne is his. Amen. The servants are his. You got to do your own shoveling, your own clothes washing and all that stuff. He doesn't have to. He was born in that situation. Hello. Amen. But here is Esau. He didn't have to work for the birthright. So he comes home. Oh, I'm just about going to die. I can't survive this. I want some food right now. Well, why don't you go to your mother? Could your mother help you? But he saw his brother making that soup. Amen. He could have gotten that soup without even saying what he did. But all along in his mind, he did not appreciate, value, or appropriate, or respect, or were thankful for what he got. Easy come, easy goes. Cost me nothing, let it go. That's how it was. And so he was living for the now. Now, birthright don't always show its value right now. Birthright is something that down the road, the value become apparent. It's like children. I, I didn't know this when I was a kid. That going to school, I was actually de developing my earning ability for the future. I didn't know that. I didn't know going to school, I was being uh, thrown in a situation where I'm going to decide what kind of contribution I've been making to society, what kind of house I'm going to live in, what kind of family I'm going to have. Amen. And yet when we come older in life, we envy those who spend their time and days a whole lot more profitable than we spend ours. And we envy them. That's why we got thieves and robbers, you know. They don't want to work for a living. They want it free. They want everything handed to them. All right? Now, here is what happened to so many of us. If we don't have to work for it as given to us, and we didn't have to sweat, then we're not going to appreciate it. 
We're not going to value it. We're not going to respect it. We're not going to be thankful. And that's why God does not answer every prayer we pray for things. He makes you suffer once. He makes you learn to wait. He makes you toil. He makes you have disappointments. He allows because he knows. If he doesn't, you're not in the long run going to appreciate what he's given to you. Praise God. God told Israel, the Gentiles are going to appreciate my name a whole lot better than you do. So my name shall be great among the Gentiles. But you're not going to appreciate my name. And God said, the Gentiles, they will receive it. Paul said, they will receive it. You have it on a platter, but you don't want it. They're the prophet and the songs, etc. And God said, no nation on earth have what you have. But you see, like the spirit of Esau, it was easy to trade off their glory for shame. It was easy to exchange, church, a, a golden shield for a brass shield. Because they didn't have to fight for it. David won the battle. They just get the spoil. Amen. Solomon didn't have to work for nothing. It was all handed to him. Amen. And he went astray. But David fought in the ditches. <laughs> Amen. You know, Isaac didn't have to work for nothing. Abram did all the, tra the, the travailing and all that stuff. Amen. For Jacob, it was a struggle all the way. From the day to the day he died, he struggled for everything he got. All right? So here's what happened. We got to learn some lesson from this man. Don't just live for the now. Hallelujah. If Esau had a vision he wouldn't have sold his birthright. Without a vision, we perish. We perish because we have no vision. If you don't work for it, you're not going to appreciate it. You're going to depreciate it. It was handed to you. I won't tell you where I went, but I went to do a teaching in a certain community and Brand new, brand new $100,000 homes given to them and bathrooms. And friend, it was a squalor. The windows were broken. It was ripped apart because the people to whom it was given didn't pay a dime for it. In fact, it's proven that with $100,000 in their hands, in a week it was gone. It was squandered. Did not know how to handle it. God want his people to not to worry about what they don't have. And everybody in depression always worrying about what they don't have. Anybody who learned to appreciate what they I was thinking this week. You know what? I, I talked before. Everybody needed a room. You call it the victory room. When things are going bad and you are going in a depression, you visit that room and remind you of the good times. Because good news is a remedy for a bad situation. Hello. Now you can stay and discuss what you don't have. It still will not change anything. God said, why take thought 
when it will not change anything. I can talk about my gray hair, it won't turn it black. I can talk about my height, I can't put a cubit to it. But I can thank God that I'm alive. I'm breathing. I'm healthy. I'm sitting around town here. Amen. When you don't have to work for it, amen. Why are you worrying about what you don't have? Now, here's what happened to this young man. He wasn't willing to wait for what he thought he needed. He wanted it right now. As far as I know, he made good Vincent. And he could have gone make one. He sure wouldn't have dropped dead by the time he finished strewing that up together. Amen. Number two, he didn't understand the worth of what he's got. Amen. I'll tell you about the man who had on his desk a piece of glass. To him, it was just a piece of glass. Came from the dump. Somebody threw it away. He brought it home. It looked nice. Put it in there. And to him, it's just a piece of glass. Somebody came by with a discerning eye and said, Hey, do you know what you have on your desk? He said, Nothing. Just a piece of glass I found on the dump. He said, No, sir. You got one of the rarest diamonds there ever is. He said, Nonsense. And so he said, I'll tell you what you do. You take it down to the jeweler, and the, or the, 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 the this person who's an expert in appraising, and let them tell you what you have. And then bring it back to me. Friend, when he went to that place, immediately he's calling for a lawyer, calling for insurance, and calling for a vault. It take on new meaning. All Esau needed was his eyes to be opened. You've got it in your hands. Amen. You've got more than you know it. God put it this way. The little that a righteous man hath is better than the many riches of a rich man. Now, we can't understand that, but God says it. I didn't mean the word. God made the word. God says that. God says it's better. All right? But you see, the devil wants to get us in the now. Give it to me now. Give it to me now. And that's where God put Abraham. You know, Abraham to wait 25 years to have Isaac. 25 years. And he couldn't wait any longer, so he says, give me Hagar. He ended up with Agar, and it became a problem that he never could get rid of because he wanted the son now. And God said, no, you're going to wait because i got reason why you're going to wait. i got a reason for you to wait. Amen. All right? So stop worrying about what you don't have, Esau, and be willing to wait for it. Though it tarries, what? Wait for it. Even when the fig tree don't blossom and there be no fruit on the vine, you can still have a praise. You can still have a worship. You can still thank God for what He did and what He is doing and what He shall be doing. Praise God. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will not change in the future after you meet him in the past. Amen. But you see, he wanted it right now. Could not wait for it.
couldn't understand the worth of it. Amen. Didn't realize you got a gold mine in your hand. Because someday, generation like today will be saying, Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. That's not what we're saying. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob is a misnomer. It should not be him. It should be Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. But at that moment of weakness, he ended up with a lifetime of regret because he wants it now and wouldn't wait for it. Now, every kid are like that. You mom with babies, you know, and maybe it won't. Whatever it wants, he cries and now make lots of noise. Ah! And most moms give in to their babes, but some mothers train their babes and say, no, I will not respond to that cry. And sometimes that baby will quit crying and wait on your timetable and get what they want. And you know what happened? That mom ruled that baby. Or the baby ruled the mother. Or ruled the house. That's right. Because that kid has to be taught. It don't just happen every time you bark. Well, Pastor, I don't believe that. I'm not going to do with me. I'm talking about Esau. You can do what you want with your kid and your, your family. It's your problem. I'm trying to tell you what happened to Esau. Esau was not willing to wait for it. Now, I've been hungry before, you know. Peter's on the house stop. He's hungry. He wants lunch, and he couldn't wait anymore. He fell asleep and had a vision. So it wasn't all that bad anyway being hungry. Because it was an opportunity for God to operate. Let me tell you, friend, a need is an opportunity for a miracle. Hallelujah. A long wait is a way of proving to God that you trust him. Hallelujah. Trust and wait, it pays. Amen. Amen. In a hurry and repent at leisure. Praise God. Amen. Young kids need to know, young girls need to know, it's worth the wait not to have sex. You will have sex someday, but not now. Young boys, you will have a job, but not now. It's school time. It's time for school. This is not the time. And you see, the devil like to make us misuse what we have for what we don't have. He wants it right now and never understand the worth of what he's got. Amen. Had no vision for it. And where there is no vision, there's abuse and misuse and confusion. But Jacob saw it. Jacob didn't see it like he saw it. Jacob had a passion. If I could just get what he gets. Hallelujah. Praise God. And God said, I love Jacob. I despise Esau. Because Esau is turning away the messianic promise. Let's worship God. The stock market of Esau. Selling out cheap. A girl will sell her virginity cheap to a boy. Amen. And lose out. Very cheap. Just couldn't wait. Because you have the passion and the emotion, no means to give in to it. Hallelujah. You see, when you have a vision, 
You have to wait for it. Hallelujah. When it's not a vision, amen, it's just an emotion, then you want to do it right now. Hello. You know, when a boy's going through a prematry, emotion comes on him. That does not mean you got to fulfill it. It means you put it on hold for the appropriate time. Otherwise, you're going to mess up yourself. Reuben run into trouble with that situation and become as stable as what? As water. Unstable as water and lost the birthright. All right? Anybody who lives, somebody said, anybody who lives in the immediate, amen, what they need, amen, is just breath. But anybody who lives with a vision, what they need, amen, is patience. It takes time for a vision to become a dream. And Jacob saw that what Esau is throwing away is worth picking up. I've seen garbage, you know, in, in, in California. they got these people going to people's garbage and pick up treasures. And the government got smart, and the people got smart that people are invading their garbage. I said, I'm in my, on my highway there. People going to people's garbage and picking out treasures, things you think are, are worthless. Others are making it worth something. They're going to spend it and use it because they think there's value in it. All right? He threw away his birthright. Amen. And all he could see is what he wants now. I want it now. Hello? Give it to me right now. And so he traded his birthright and Jacob tricked him. Jacob knew that it has value. Now, how come he didn't know? But Jacob knew that. He should ask himself, why do, why do you want it? What's it that you see that I don't see? All right? Now, there are three things that Esau should have learned and didn't learn. Number one, some things you can delay and put it on hold. Surely I need it, but not now. I'm going to get it in due time. You know, I wanted to leave home so bad when I was a kid, and I thought about running away, but then I thought about where will I sleep tonight? What will I eat? When I put my head in all that stuff, so it kept me home. <laughs> but the first chance I get, I want to leave home. I want to leave home because I figured that I, when I get, when I leave home, I got freedom to go where I feel like, and now I've got freedom, and I don't want to go to those places I wanted to go to. When I finally got to where I can afford to go and do what I thought I should be doing, I don't want to do it. I got smarter. All right. So some things you can delay. And put it on hold. You will never have depression. You will never sell out cheap. You will never do like a guy called Saul. Who forced himself against his better judgment and lost the kingdom. First king lost the kingdom. Because he forced himself. Number two. There are things you can deny yourself. And tell yourself no. Now, folks, I'm picking on no one tonight. But I'm going to tell you right now. If I can't wait, then I will pay interest payment to somebody who will feed my ego. But if I can wait, somebody will pay me for my patience. Oh boy, that went over your head like this. I don't think you heard what I just said. 
People who can't wait pay high interest payment. People who have long patience make money off people who will use up what they've got. Amen. Some things can be delayed until a better time. And there are some things that you can deny yourself and tell yourself, no! I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to sell that. I'm not going to get involved in that. I will not waste my life in that. I'm not going to do it. I know the opportunity coming. I'm not going to take it. I will not do it. Jacob did that. I mean, uh, Joseph did that. He said, why should I do this thing and sin against God? Well, the day did come when he got a wife and everything fell in place. Hallelujah. He delayed and denied himself, and then God gave him the rights later on to have what he denied himself. Let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah. It's so good to be in the cemetery tonight. Some point become the sanctuary, I believe. Some things you don't have to have. You just don't have to have the biggest house in the city. The latest car in town. The latest fashion that comes out. Hello? Or the highest paid job right now. Mm. Hello? As long as my roof it's not leaking. It's good enough. May not be a palace right now, but it's still good enough. Hello? My car may not be one of those with brand new low mileage. Maybe six clicks on it, but it still drives. It's still good. Amen. I'm trying to tell you, church, when you don't realize what you have and value it, that's easy for you to end up like Esau and sell out cheap. And enter in a situation where the pain is too much to bear. Amen. I believe <laughs> Naomi went down to Moab because she didn't value where she was. But what about where Naomi comes from make Ruth want to go there? Amen. Naomi thought life is better going to Moab. Ruth thought different. Ruth said, I'm going to leave Moab, and I want to go where you come from. Hello. And you know who went out in the situation, in the bargaining? Ruth did. Because Ruth tried to become the landlord, amen, the owner of a big legacy that Naomi gave up. And Naomi come not better, but bitter. Amen. But Ruth got an improved situation come her way. Because she made the right decision. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. What was it that she saw? Praise the Lord. All right. Some things I thought I just must have, got to have it, should have it, why not have it? Like they said, when the time comes and I now can't afford it, I just don't want it. I don't need it. That's amazing. I can't afford it. I just don't want it. 
But when they couldn't afford it, I just had to have it. I'll kill the house to get it. I'll sell my shoes to get it. I'll tear down the whole place to get it. I'll go over land and seas to get it. But when I really can't afford it, I realize I don't want it. I can buy it, but I don't want it. Sorry. I don't need it. Hello. I heard this happen many times. Girls or boys, either one, brought somebody in church just to marry them. And they come in the church. And when they come in, they fell so in love with Jesus. I said, sorry, I don't need you anymore. I found Jesus. Amazing. It's amazing. Let's back up here. Some things you can delay and put on hold. There are some things you can deny yourself and tell yourself no. And there are some things you just don't have to have it. So don't beat yourself down. But I, I got to have it. I must have it. And then there are other things when I finally can afford it, I realize I don't really want it. Amen. I'm talking about the stock market of Esau. What a foolish trade. Well, I don't like my job. Well, I mean, I like it, but at least I'm making a wage. <laughs> Hello? Well, I don't, I don't like my car. It's, it's just not fast enough, but at least came from A to B. Hello? Hallelujah. Church, I want to tell you, Esau made a terrible mistake. Amen. He was deceived. Praise God. Because when you discover that you have sold out, you can't change it. Esau discovered he made a mistake. But I said, Esau did with much tears. He said, Daddy, bless me. Bless me. He said, No, I'm sorry. Jacob, walk off. It's your blessing. When you gave it to him, you swore to him. And God honored it. Here's what I learned from this life, Esau and Jacob. How we view things will determine how we treat things. Now, you folks understand this. You were not here in 1980. I'm a lot more sentimental about things that you will throw in the garbage. You said, Pastor, we don't need this. These are modern times. But you forget one thing. You're talking to somebody who was here from the beginning, who never had it. And I have a hard time parting away with this that you don't understand. The Bible said there are two generations building in the book of the days of the Reformation and the, and the days of Israel. When they laid the foundation, the new generation was shouting. The old one was weeping and crying. And what a difference in attitude. One is weeping and wailing over the past, and one is worshiping. Look at And the Bible says, look, this present one can't even compare to the former one. What a difference. Amen. How you view things will determine how you treat things. Like come to church working for God. Amen. I don't know about you folks, and I'm not. I put you down, but I don't need a clock to wait and to go to church. 
What means just automatic. I just get right up at the right time. Sometimes I think I hear a voice calling me, get up. It's church time. And some folks can miss church for days and for years. Never bother them. But for me, it does bother me. Because I've discovered the value of it. I found that it's the gate to heaven. I don't find anywhere where Esau ever built an altar, offered a sacrifice, prayed to God, had any vision. He just never had one. He lived by the sword. He wants it. He go get it. Jacob won. He prays for it. Amen. There's a difference. Some people never stop and appraise what they do have and take inventory how they got it and thank God for it. But they gripe over it. I have a little blue van there, brethren. I have a hard time to get rid of it. I'm telling you. I'll be honest with you. My wife don't like when I drive it. That's why I don't drive it. This is a past year. A pastor can't drive that van. I said, I don't care what anybody think. This van is faithful. I call it the whole faithful van. It always start under all weather conditions. And when I bought it, let me tell you how I bought it, friend. I went all the way to Edmonton. I said, God, I don't know how and what car is good and which is bad. I have no idea. Don't let me pick up a lemon. And that's the one that came out of the situation. I drove from from Edmonton to Mount Mary. It's still here. It's still good. It's rusting. But, honey, the engine is what count, not the body. Though the Oxford men perish, the inner man is renewed. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it's hard for me to get rid of it. It's hard. It's hard. And you can't stand that. But in church, I know where it's coming from. There's a history behind it. Praise God. Praise God. Things are not as bad as you think they are. It could get worse. You think you got problems? There are people in the city homeless, naked, without food. You don't have a problem. You have an opportunity to give thanks. To praise God. That you have been spared. Hallelujah. Things are not as bad as you think it is. It could get worse. Give thanks. Work with what you have. I mean, this guy said he's hungry. If you're hungry, amen, go make your own Vincent. You went hunting all day, go make it. But you trade all of that for this. Praise God. Learn to appreciate what you have. Give thanks for what you have. You have food and raiment. Thank God you're clothed. Thank God you're sheltered. Amen. It may not be what you hope to be in the end, but at least you're starting. You're in the right direction. Amen. You know, really, if we really understand this church, every day our life will be spent praising God. I don't have the ways I want to make yet, but someday I'm going to make it. I'm going to praise God before I even got there. Hallelujah. It's too late to praise God once you got there. It's too late, my friend. Praise Him before that. That's what faith says. Faith says things hoped for, not things have, but things hoped for. All right? And so, contentment. Amen. You know what? I got more than I deserve. 
My friend and us that was talking, when we talk about the Bible, we, we, we don't gossip about people. I don't waste my time talking about people. I don't care for everyone. I care what they think. I'm talking about him. He said, look, I was in Vietnam. And while I was in Vietnam, hallelujah. He said, I lay on the floor in the grass, snakes all around me and bugs biting me, and Viet Cong looking for me with guns. Hallelujah. Because they were a special team. He said, I couldn't move. And a snake crawled right over me. And I dare not move because he would bite me. And I dare not make a sound because they'd shoot me. He said, look, man, and I survived all that. He said, I survived three heart attacks. He said, one of them I was having right in church at a conference. And Eli Hernandez stopped his preaching and turned to me and said, God is connecting you right now with a connection right now to you. He said, right now I was having a heart attack. I was going to die. You think you got problems? There are folks who make me with AIDS right now dying. And I see you dying. Got a few days to live. How long will you live? It's time for us to appreciate who we are, what we are, what we got. Church is not a hindrance. I told a family, I said, don't you ever tell me that church is interfering with your child's schooling. Nonsense! God never give you a competition for him. God gave you a reason to bless him. Be like Hannah for this life. And she put it in the house of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's worship God. This brother was telling in conference. said, I always pray before I leave my house. So when he crossed his mind, I don't think it makes a difference. And the first time in his life, he drove out from his home without praying. He said, I don't think we're going to be going to test it. As soon as he went out there, zap! Head on collision. He said, I changed my doctrine. It does make a difference. It does make a difference. Amen. Amen. One lady told me one time, Pastor, uh, when I don't want to hear what you're preaching, I take my glasses off and you just. I thank God for the preacher in my life. I thank God for the landmark in my life. I thank God for the foundation God gave me. I thank God for the horn that God blow the trumpet. I thank God for a standard. Because when you see a standard, it means I'm still alive. I thank God for holiness. I thank God for the Bible. I thank God for somebody who will tell me when I'm wrong. I thank God for somebody that will show me the right way. I'm not looking for an easier way. I want to appreciate the voices in my life. The church service I can attend to. I want to hear preaching. I won't use my children as an excuse so I can't serve God. I won't use my marriage as a reason why I can't serve God. Or my job why I can't serve God. It's a reason to give God praise. Because God had no sins in your life for good. Praise God. You got more than you deserve. Better than you deserve. Praise God. And also appropriate what you have. Put it to work. I was so thrilled. A little boy. Eight weeks. Eight weeks. In a school. 
Nobody come to his class. And he goes there and sat there for the full period. And then they started coming in. The other boy said, Pastor, I'm not a preacher in church, but when I go to school, I'll become one. Amen. He put it to work. What is in your hand? Amen. We are so caught up with self-worry that we have no time to worry about our city. We're so caught up with our self Amen. The peace, man, that we have no time to work for God. Amen. Praise God. Oh, I don't got the same car they drive. Jealousy is going to kill us. Amen. You don't know how many credit cards they have for that car they have. You don't know how deep a debt they're in for what they've got. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Stop worrying. And start worshiping. I'm going to confess to you, I've never once in my life ever asked a boss to raise my pay. Never have. And I've never gone backwards in pay. Never in my life. I believe God knows my needs. And when he's ready, he'll make it happen. Hallelujah. And so we're going to learn... To stop comparing ourselves with others. Praise God. Now I tell people God don't make bills. So you can't blame God for your bills. You can only blame God for the gospel. But not the bills you have. God didn't make them. You made them. They're your bills. And you can't come to God and, 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 and interrogate God. He may help you. But doesn't have to help you. Because he said I didn't do it. Praise God. Let's worship the Lord. Praise God. All right? Now, I'm talking to you, church. There's some things you're going to realize tonight before I'm closed tonight. Esau did not know that what he had, he didn't work for it. Isaac is the man that God said to him, Isaac, your father, Abraham, obeyed my voice. And what's happening right now where you are, is no reason for you to leave and go down where you're going. Circumstance don't control us, our own economics. He was going to leave because there's a famine where he was. And God says, hey, am I not a God of the famine also? Am I not a God of the plenty and the empty? The hills and the valleys? What makes you think by relocating you're going to change the problem? What makes you think it's going to be better for you down the road than right here? I'm everywhere. Hallelujah. Stay and obey my voice. 26 chapter of Genesis says that. And he stays right there. And Isaac began to recognize what Abraham learned. Amen. You go down to Egypt and lose your family. You stay where God told you to stay. And you're going to keep your family. You're going to build your altar. Don't be like another Lot who went down. Lot wanted everything right now, plain and easy. And he got it, but lost his family. Then lost everything he had. When you don't have to work for it, it will not be valued. Amen. So 
If you see me creaking about you touching stuff in this church, understand where I'm coming from. Understand why I said no. Well, pastor, we have become modern. I don't care how modern you are. You're touching something that built me where I'm at. This is the rope that I hung on to when I was falling off the cliff. And you will not get rid of it. Praise God. When you're not willing to wait for it, and you don't want to wait, and you come impatient, and you're in a hurry, you're going to make fatal mistakes, and rush to act, and then expect God to react. Esau, he would have received the blessing, and now it's gone. Jacob, walk off with it. I believe the day will come in our life when people will come and do things that you will not do in the church. People will live for God the way you thought was hard to live. I asked God one time about healing people. There's a lady we won, and she was crippled. And I, I was full of faith because they taught faith to us. I said, God, why don't you heal her? And the thought came to mind. On the day of judgment, I need somebody I can call as a witness and said, did you have that situation they had? Yes. Did you still live for me? Yes. Were you tested, tempted, and tried? A problem and tribulation? Yes. Did you quit on me? No. Were you faithful still? Yes. Were you loyal still? Yes. Okay, depart you from me. Think about that. There's somebody somewhere share my experience. Amen. All right. Next thing, he didn't understand the worth of what he had. This church is a blessing. It's not just a building. He said, not just a building. I'm going to talk to you about upstairs, the carpet upstairs. You said, Pastor, why don't you take carpet up? Let me tell you how we got it. We couldn't afford it. We had the floor you're talking about. And I didn't want it. And I didn't want the floor I had upstairs. I want a floor that I like. I want the carpet from here up there because the whole place was just cement. And so we did right here. And our money stopped right at the door. The money stopped at the door. I wanted it, we wanted it, but we can't afford it. And I wasn't going to credit it either. And so when we finished all this, and the weekend came, and everything looks good, we're all excited. And one day we came by here, I had a phone call, Pastor, disaster, disaster. Uh, I said, what happened? I said, the water upstairs broke. And flood upstairs, and the ceiling fell the brand new scene I just put up fell to the ground. In there all, I said, just a minute, get me a camera. I said, what for? I said, get me a camera. This is an opportunity in disguise. So I took all the pictures. That's the wisdom of God telling me what to do. I took a picture of everything that there was. Because the first thing the insurance asked me, did you take a picture? Did you try to clean it up? I did all the things I should have done. 
Hallelujah. And when they, when they saw Pastor Tess, they said, all right, we're going to do the whole thing all over for you. And by the way, upstairs, we're going to fix upstairs too. We can negotiate. We'll, we'll move those beams at no charge to you. And we'll do this at no charge to you if you let us off the hook on this. And we'll carpet the whole floor upstairs. I said, hallelujah. you got to understand, it's worth the wait. Crisis could be an opportunity. God says, he delivered them out of them all. I believe Esau would not have died from starvation. I don't believe he'd have dropped dead. And you ought not to make bad decisions because your finance is not working for you. You should not make bad decisions because your grocery list is shortened. You should not make bad decisions because your paycheck is not what you want to be right now. You should not quit that job because your boss is nagging you. You should hang in there and wait, I say, on the Lord, and he will bring it to pass. I don't care what you think. I'm not preaching the truth. Esau let a personal pressure make a lifetime of regret decision. Sold out cheap. Quit. Gave up. Wasted of hang on. Hallelujah. It's worth the wait. Thank God for good mentors. Thank God for good preaching that prepare us and stop us from stepping out into waters that are unchartered. Praise God. And so they carpet upstairs and they fix upstairs. That's not how it used to look. I got the original picture to show what it used to look like. And this was an opportunity when they carpet the whole place. Fix the whole thing up at no charge to me. You don't have to think you're going to faint and die. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God said, you're my firstborn. Hallelujah. And the kingdom is yours. All that the Father hath is yours. Well, good ultimate. <laughs> you got to wait for it. Amen. Praise God. Don't live just for the moment. You don't need to let circumstance stand, drive you to confusion. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know something? Faith always pay the bill. Faith always keep the till working. I don't think you heard me. Faith always keep the groceries on the in the cupboards. It will work. It will not fail because God says it will prevail. Esau had no 
vision. He was living only in the right now and forget about tomorrow. Esau teach and believe, eat now and drink for tomorrow we die. But he didn't die. He lived to regret that he made a bad trade. I want to ask you tonight, is it worth the wait, no matter what you're going through? Amen. If you want to give God thanks for where you are right now, I don't care how crisis surrounded you are right now. Don't be an Esau. Be a Jacob. Say, God, I will not let you go till you bless me. I will not let go. It's not let go time. It's time to grab on time. He said, God, I will not let you go until you bless me. God said, let me go. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to hang on until you bless me. Somebody here tonight, hey, man, don't ever wish I had listened. So thank God I did listen to the preaching. Thank God I didn't lean to my own understanding. Thank God for godly advice. Uh, I, I'm telling you right now, amen, I, don't, I want to talk to somebody right now. You don't have the wage you're looking for. You don't have the house you're looking for. You don't have what you're looking for. But you know God will supply. Step down this aisle and say, God, faith going to take me through. I will not walk out on you. I'm going to keep on praying, keep on believing, keep on singing, keep on going to church, keep on being faithful. I will not quit on God. It's a bad time to quit. When you're sick, don't stay home. That's the time to come to church. It's true. Because the healing is in the house. Was Esau correct? He said, I'm ready to die. He won't die. That's a lie. We had a bad trade. Tonight, God, give me a vision for my life. Lord, teach me how to delay and deny myself things. Put them on hold and wait until your appointed time. Lord, tonight, Lord, teach me to deny myself, but don't deny you. Lord, teach me now, Lord God, my days and my frame. He come, my shuttle. The only reason why Pastor Neil does not frustrate because I don't try to live Five years from now, I live now. And then tomorrow, I live now and live now. But I know when the time is right, he will open the gates. Because circumstance have a way of pressuring me to want me to sell out on my faith. And I'm not going to quit coming to church. <laughs> but if you really want to pressure yourself, I'm going to ask you tonight, bring that letter that the creditor brought to you and drop it on the altar. So God, while you're reading that, I'm talking to you otherwise. Hallelujah. I know a preacher right now, he told God when his church was going bankrupt and they robbed him, the real estate guy robbed him and the architect robbed him and millions of dollars, and he could have finished a project. He said, God, you know what? This is your church. You're in trouble. I'm going on vacations. I'll see you when I come back. <laughs> Today, he built that church. It's all over. Debt free. I said, debt free. God is not in trouble. I said, God is not in trouble. Don't you give up on God because of your circumstance. 
Don't lean to your own understanding. You don't have the solution. All you have is a problem. But he got the possibilities. I'm trying to tell somebody right now, Esau, you're wrong. Amen. Don't be pressured into making bad decisions. Don't sell what you got. Hallelujah! Let's praise God right now. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Lord, I don't want to be like Esau. 